0: The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. Amen. Okay, I said I said we're going to get into the word, but can can I take one detour first before we get to it? Um so so a lot of you know uh, A couple weeks ago, I went and ran a race. I ran a Spartan race two weeks ago. Can I tell you some stories about my Spartan race? It was fun. Okay, Um, I got the microphone. I'm gonna do whatever I want. I guess it doesn't really matter. whether you like it. But so I've done a few of these. Beth and I have done a few of these races before. They're so so much fun. If you don't know a Spartan race, it's an obstacle course race. There's a variety of different like people who put them on. But Spartan race in particular is the one that we did, and. uh, it's been super fun. I've, I've done a number of them before. I've done like Spartan races in the like five to six mile range. Uh, yeah, the picture behind me—that's me and Axel and Bo and Bo's nephew. It's essentially the finish line. You got to jump over fire to get to the finish line. It's still like tough guy, right? Um, uh, yeah, there's no way you don't jump over it. You get step over it. But anyway, it looks really cool in the pictures. Um, but we—so what this race is—is it's—it's a race through the woods and different terrain, and you have to do like obstacles along the way. So I've done wrong before, they're like five or six miles, Um, and you know, I got 20 obstacles. This one was something new, and it was intimidating. I was a little bit afraid of it, scared. Uh, That's how I felt. I was scared of it. Um, This one was started out just over 13 miles with 30 obstacles, and the obstacles range from anything like climbing over walls and like swinging from monkey bars, which let me just tell you, I am too heavy and too weak to be swinging from monkey, and too old to be swinging from monkey bars. Like that didn't ever work very well. But uh, you're climbing over things and carrying heavy boulders and bag, whole heavy stuff. Anyway, it's just like ultimate like tough guy thing, right? So I was intimidated and I'm, and I'm going, those of you guys who know Bo and Axel, they like work out for fun. Like there were those kinds of people and they're like, hey, you wanna come do this crazy hard race with us? And I'm like, what? Okay, let's go. Um, and so I had to like start working out. They just like did what they did. So I was, I was definitely the weak link in, uh, in our whole team. Um, but I knew what I was getting into. It was going to be fun. I knew it was going to be a, a huge test. And so here's, let me tell you a little bit how it went. So first of all, when you travel, like it was just south of Atlanta, it, uh, if you travel 16 hours south to run a race, you anticipate you're going to do so in good weather, right? It's kind of the general idea. It was five degrees warmer there than it was here. Like how, how did that happen? And so uh, we're getting ready to run and we're, you know, you know, there's going to be get wet a little bit. And so you're not wearing a whole lot of clothes and we we get there. It's, it's a few degrees above freezing. It's somewhere in the upper thirties. And I've done a number of these before, but this is the first time I ever saw this. We get there and like, we're all pumped up. We're ready to go. We're excited. And we go, we start making our way to the, the starting line before we get to the starting line, there's a field of, of barbed wire, um, like two feet off the ground, and then a puddle of like two inches of water all under the barbed wire. And we have to crawl under the barbed wire to, to get to the starting line. And I'm like, what is this? Like, what, what is this? And so we're all like under there and like crying, trying not to get too wet. And so our, you know I've got, I've got like, like Those cheap gloves you can buy for $1.50 at Walmart, right? I got gloves on and a stocking cap. I'm taking my gloves off so I don't get my hands and feet wet. And I'm doing my best. And so we're at the starting line. It's freezing outside, remember? We're at the starting line. And I put my gloves back on, right? And I got my little stocking cap on. And we get ready to go. And once we get going, it was actually fun. Like the first part of it, almost half, the first part of it was a lot of fun. And we're like running at a good pace, and they made it tougher than you. We're not even on normal trails. It's just like some lost person ran through the woods with some tape, and you just got to stay in there. It. it was, it was kind of crazy, and we're up and down hills, and the first obstacles are like run, jump over this, and go under this hurdle, and, and smaller walls. It, it was fun. It, it was challenging, but not crazy. Well, we're doing that for about an hour, and we're not quite halfway yet, and we come to mile six, and then we come to what we are fully aware. We know it's going to be there. We, we come to the, a, f- a series of obstacles that were much harder than anything we've done yet. And we knew they are coming. So we've been in the woods. We come out onto like this, the, 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 the open field area. And, and so the first obstacle that we see here when we get out into this open area is some more barbed wire. But this time, it's not in two inches of water. Uh, in fact, we got a picture. This is actually a picture. It's not one of us, but this is from that race. It's in about a foot of water. And I'm like, it's too cold to be doing this. And so no, no, forget those gloves. Those gloves are now gone, right? Like those aren't gonna do anything. So we're, we're like looking like this guy and we get out of there like, whew, okay, at least like my back is still dry and my head is still dry. And like, I'm cold, but we'll just keep on going. We go about 20 more yards, there's another obstacle. And this one is called like the dunk wall, I think. You show the next one. This is just a, an inflatable wall in waist deep water uh, that you have to swim under the wall to get back fully submerged. It's 40 degrees out, okay? So remember, I'm I've got my stocking cap on, but I've been running for an hour, so I kind of forget that it's on. So I so I'm like, you know, bracing, you jump in the water and everything's cold, right? And 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 underneath, oh, it's so cold, and you come back out. Well, again, I totally forgot that I had a hat on. I come up out of the water and and all of a sudden I'm like, what is all my, like, it's all like this thing is like sagging on my I feel like I got a wet cat on my face, right? Like this thing is like sagging on, freaking out, like what in the world and throwing it off the, it was a mess. All right. So I get back up out of the water and honestly, adrenaline is running enough right now to where I'm like, okay, I don't, or, I didn't even feel that cold. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't too bad. Like, I'm good. All right, let's go. Let's keep going. And I knew we had hard stuff ahead. And so I about another like 200 yards—not real far. You run a little bit, and we're going to go back into the woods, and we're going to be stomping through the Georgia swamp. But before we get there, there's this—I I don't know whether to call it a hill or a cliff. Like it was—it was like the steepest hill you could get before being a cliff, or the slantiest cliff you could get before it's a hill. Somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like somewhere in there, right? Something like that, right there, okay? And we get up to the top of this, and there's this cliff. And there's one little spot where there's some roots sticking out that kind of like make for stairs, you know what I'm saying? But we're in a race, and this was like, there's runners in front of us, and it was bottlenecked right there. Like, so there was all backed up, and, and so we're just like, hey, man, we're, we're in a race, we're going, okay? So Axel, Axel steps up, he sees it, he looks down, right? And our mindset is just like, go, 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 right? Because we're tough. At this point, this is about the time when when the adrenaline's wearing off a little bit when you're staring down that cliff and now you don't feel like you have fingers, you just have 10 ice cubes attached to your palms and and everything's starting to, so now we're just like, okay, guys, we gotta go, we gotta go, right? So Axel's standing up off the cliff and he just, he takes like one step, kind of brace himself. Okay, remember where we just came from? We just got out of the water. A bunch of people have already gone. This cliff has no grass on it. It's just pure mud, okay? His feet and everything is soaked. He takes one step, and this is, when, this is when it really hit me. This is not a hill. This is a cliff. I don't know if you know how fast gravity is, but it's real fast, and, and so I'm standing, next to, I'm standing next to Axel, and we're all kind of standing up here, kind of eyeballing like, that, that crowd, but we gotta go. He takes one step, and I'm talking like he was just like boom, gone. Where'd Axel go? Like he is, he is 20 feet below my below my feet right now. I'm like, what? How did that uh, cliff? And uh, and then Will, Bo's nephew, he he actually gets a good. He he's, he's like navigating a part of it. He got about halfway down, but then like as soon as Axel fell, like I'm talking like boom, he goes. Will boom, he goes, and then. Bo's like, oh, okay, okay. Bo's getting smarter here. (laughs) There's this like tree, sapling thing, a couple inches sticking out of the the middle of the hill cliff thing. And so he thinks to himself, says out loud, I think I'm just going to kind of slide down there and grab that tree and then slide the rest of the way. Let me come back to, gravity is fast. (laughs) And so he, (laughs) like I'm talking to this axle, boom, will, Boom, gone. And then, and then Bo takes one step, thinking he's going like to slide into it. That tree sneaks up on him so fast. Bam, smacks him. He starts spinning like, like a Koopa shell in Mario Kart racing, right? like all the way down the rest of that hill. Yells out a woo kind of thing. I mean, it was, it was tougher than that. Oh, right? And, and, and I'm standing at the top of the hill. By the time all these three things happen, I look over, and look, the bottleneck's gone. So I just, I just walk, I just walk over to the side and just kind of like walk down the stairs and they're all like in a pile at the bottom of this, this cliff. <laughs> it was fun. It was, it was fun. Um, here, the reason I tell that story is this. I actually have a purpose. I actually have a purpose because as we were telling the story and laughing about it later, we were in, trying to like communicate to our wives how ridiculous this whole event was um, we, one of the statements that we said, and I hadn't even, hadn't even thought about it until like, it came out of my mouth, was like, we, we, when we got to that cliff, it, it was like, again, just to communicate, it was not a hill, cliff, I don't know. But it was, it was to the point where if you were on a walk, like if, if Beth and I were like, hey, we're just out for a stroll, holding hands, being sweet, let's, let's go just catch some fresh air. If we'd have come to that, we would have been like, oh, this is the end of the trail, right? We would have come to it and just instantly turned around or gone a different way. It would not have been like, hey, you think we can make it? Like, no, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't have thought about it. And, and here's, here's what hit me. In a race with a mission, your mind processes obstacles differently. In a race with a mission, your mind automatically processes obstacles differently. I think that's why those guys fell so hard is cuz they went, "Hey, I can make it down this hill." When I would have walked up to it in a uh, in a casual stroll and been like, "Oh, I can't I'm not going down that cliff," right? Your mind processes things differently. The goal, our purpose of the race was very very clear. Finish. Now, we wanted to finish as fast as we could. (laughs) As fast as we could ended up being four and a half hours. There were people, though, who finished, I don't remember, is is Axel in here? What was the fastest? It was in the two hour, two and a half hours. We got beat by two hours. (laughs) uh, However, there were some people that finished the race in seven and a half hours. That's a work day. (laughs) Whew. But here's the deal. Every single one of us, whether finished in two and a half hours or seven and a half hours, we did it for the silly medal. <laughs> That's it. And I'd say, like, we won a medal. But you, you want a medal like you win a participation award. I shouldn't say that, it's more than participation because you have to finish. I was going to wear my t-shirt that I got there. Also, other people got t-shirt. People who are under six foot got a t-shirt. Um, I wasn't about to be worshiping with my belly button hanging out like that. Clearly, these races are not designed for tall guys. Um, but here's the deal. When you're on a race... Your objective is clear. And, and for the, the Spartan race, for obstacle course races, our, we, didn't, we wanted to do it as quick as we can just because we wanted to do it as quick as we can. But there's one objective. Unless you're going to be first, second, or third, which we weren't going to do that. Um, it's finish, It's completed. Before you head out on the trail, right, and just in real life, you're going to go for a walk, or you're going to go for a run, or you're going to run a Spartan race. Before you go out on the trail, you've got to know what's my purpose, right? And it will affect everything. If your purpose is, oh, I just want the fresh air, right? Oh, I just want to go stretch my legs a little bit. I just, you know, maybe even a, a gentle workout. I just, I just need to be a little bit active. I think my body engaged. Right, I just want, in general, what you're saying is my, my purpose is that I just get out there and I'm just going to feel good. I can tell you this, you won't do hard things. All right, if, your, if your goal is to go out, and that's not a bad thing. If I'm going out on a stroll, I'm not going to do hard things. Why? Because it is inconsistent with my purpose. Right? If I'm, if I'm out on a, on a trail so that I can enjoy myself and enjoy my surroundings, I won't do hard things because it's inconsistent with my purpose. It's the difference here. When you get to something difficult, when you, when, if I, if I'd have been, if Beth and I are out on a walk, and we see a lane of barbed wire and it's 40 degrees and there's under the barbed wire is a foot of water i'm not going to be like huh should we go through there like or i'm not i'll never ever ever do that ever ever maybe i'll jump in this muddy water and swim underneath this wall maybe that would be fun No, because it's inconsistent with my purpose. But you put me on the same course with an objective to get to the finish line, I'll do it every time. It changes things. Purpose matters. Mindset matters. You know, more than just Spartan race, actually the Bible speaks of our spiritual life and our spiritual journey in this same language in this race language. And I think it's awesome. I think it is beautiful what we find in, uh, and sometimes the, the comparisons, the metaphors in, in our physical lives and our spiritual lives. So we're gonna look at three aspects of a race. We're gonna look at the course. We're gonna look at the runner and we're gonna look at the finish line. Okay, we're just gonna, we're gonna take our time through here. I wanna start off in Hebrews chapter 12. This is a good one. Hebrews chapter 12. If you got your Bible, you can turn there. We're going to jump back and forth through a number of different texts. So if you're taking notes, you can write them down, check them later. But Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that cloud of witnesses is essentially those who've run before us. Hebrews chapter 11 is all about that, that chapter of faith, that, that hall of faith, the, those who, who've lived the faith, the Christian life well, who lived with big faith. And then he goes, because of that, he says, we are surrounded by this, this cloud of witnesses, this cloud of people, who, this crowd of people who've gone before us. He says, because of it, let us throw off everything that hinders, like soggy stocking caps, and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run With perseverance, the race marked out for us. It's an interesting phrase. The race marked out for us. The course has been set. Verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith, says this. For the joy set before him. The finish line. He endured the cross. The obstacle. (laughs) That was a big obstacle scorning at shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Finish line. How did Jesus endure the pain and the shame of the cross? Because he could see the finish line. Because that's where the course led him. Right? If you want to cross the finish line, if you want to walk home <laughs> with one of these and a t-shirt that probably doesn't fit, You can't go around the obstacles. The course goes through them. And Jesus understood that it, it, it wasn't just, I mean, there are people, there are, there are people who do this race, and I don't understand this, and just walk around all the obstacles. He didn't finish. In fact, that's not the course. There is, if you were being competitive, they would not give you a medal. <laughs> um but the course goes through the obstacles. In fact, the obstacle is a part of the course. The obstacle is actually a part of it. If, if you're running a marathon and all of a sudden there's like a wall of barbed wire or there's a, like an a eight-foot wall in the middle of the street that you have to climb over, you'd be like, that's weird, right? You're like, where did that come from? Why is, there, why is the street on fire? Am I supposed to jump over this? What's going on, right? But if you're in an obstacle course race, you understand that the obstacle is actually a part of the race. Listen, the same thing goes with life. There's two different kinds of obstacles that we face in general here, okay? the word, I wish is a better word for obstacle because we use that word as an analogy anyway, right? But let me use it this way. One kind of obstacle that we're going to face in life when it comes to this spiritual race is, is the kind of obstacle that is actually a part of the course. These obstacles are guaranteed, right? These are the hurdles that we face all the time. Honestly, salvation itself is like, is like the before you get to the, the starting line kind of, uh, kind of obstacle. It, it, it's it's that, that obstacle of learning how to let go. That's what salvation is about. Salvation is, is, is taking myself out of the driver's seat and yielding full control to God. That's a major obstacle for a lot of people. In fact, it's a lot of people. It's the reason why a lot of people don't ever enter the race, it's, a, it, it's saying, I, I, I'm not going to be in control anymore. I'm going to let God be in control. I'm not going to try to figure out how I can work my agenda into this faith thing. No, I'm just going to step back. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to say, God, whatever you want. This, this is. I'm going to let go of my sin. I'm going to let go of living for myself. It's a letting go and letting, yielding control to God. You know, one of the things I've, I've noticed in life, and something God's been speaking to me even recently over the last year or so, is that that one of the most significant aspects of spiritual maturity and spiritual growth, uh, one of the best ways to look at it is it's just a constant series of learning to let go of control of more and more things, right? Early on, some of those obstacles you face is are you, you let go of sin. There's a sin issue in your life, and you give your life to Jesus, and then he reveals to you, like, hey, this, life, this part of your life is inconsistent with, with, with this, chart, this course you've charted. You come up to an obstacle and like, am I willing to let go of this sin in order to follow wherever God leads? And that, that constantly happens. <laughs> no matter how mature we, we are, like God points us different aspects of our own pride and our own selfishness and our own greed and our own control that we have to constantly let go of. But it's not just sin issues, like let go of control in general, uh, even like finances. Am, and can I let go of my own finances and be generous? Do I trust that God is my provider? You know, sometimes we're like, yeah, I, I crossed that obstacle. Here's the thing about the Spartan race. You have, to, you have to jump a three-foot wall. Okay, fine. A four-foot wall. Okay. A five-foot wall. Eh, eight, I think eight foot's the tallest one. They just keep getting bigger and bigger. Like, that's kind of like what, what our Christian faith is like. Sometimes we hop this three-foot wall and we're like, hey, I learned generosity. And God's like, hey, good job. And then what he doesn't tell you is like, there's a bigger wall coming. You know, you talk to, to Pastor Grady and Sandy, uh, our missions pastors, they'll tell you this, that God has, God has like leveled them up over and over, and like what they thought they've learned dependence on God, and then God stretches them a little bit further. God gives them, allows them the time to be able to get the strength to learn how to jump that next hurdle. It's a constant, our spiritual life and our spiritual maturity is a constant process of letting go. We let go of my, uh, relationship issues or, or like unhealthy expectations we have, learning to let go, learning to trust God. Listen, uh, I, I love this. First Peter, chapter four verse 12. Because like, sometimes we run into these obstacles and we're like, "What's going on? This is so hard? I don't understand it. Why is this happening? Ever been there? Ever faced an obstacle of one one way shape form or another? Because the one kind of obstacles are the kind that we can count on, right? The kind that are part of the course, the letting go. Or, or let me back up here for a second. Here's another kind. The, the whole Christian life isn't all just about like saying no. I think sometimes there's this bad perception of the Christian life that is like, I don't do this and 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 I don't do this. I'm a great Christian. Listen, that's not a great Christian. That's a boring life, okay? If, if, if the de- definition of your Christian life is saying no to everything that you can possibly think to say no to, I mean, there's, there's merit in a lot of that stuff. Um, you've you've just just tasted of of the less fun aspect of the Christian life. God has called you to go. God has called you to engage. God has called you to be. God has not just called you to withdraw, right? So there's these other obstacles that we're going to face, the obstacles like serving one another. Anybody love serving? You know, there's a few people. God gives certain people a gift to serve. Most of us, choosing your preferences over mine is not my, I don't know, first option. Or loving somebody. How about loving somebody that you don't like? How about loving someone who hates you? How about loving someone who's about to betray you and turn you over to the authorities who will kill you? I, that's like what Jesus did. Uh, there's these, he just wants to level up these obstacles. I and mean, listen, it's not like we should not be surprised by this. Here's another one. Just talking about Jesus. So much in Acts, we, we, we've looked at like this idea of being a witness. Like here's a genuine obstacle. And that's why I say obstacle is like sometimes we think of obstacles like pains and setbacks. But I'm talking about like an apparatus on the course. It's part of the course. Witnessing, sharing your faith is part of the course talking about Jesus to people who don't know Jesus is just part of the course. And yet, and we'll talk about this a little bit in a moment, but but so many of us, we bottleneck there. (laughs) I know Jesus is leading me right into unbelievers and talking about who he is and the life that he has to give. But like, I think I'm just going to like camp out on this side of that one for a little bit. See, God has called us to follow him. And there's these, obstacles. there's these parts of the The obstacles that are actually a part of the course. Here's the other aspect of kind of the obstacles we face. It it is the hurt and the loss that we feel along the way. And that's real. Sometimes you fall off the top of an obstacle and you get hurt. (laughs) Sometimes another runner just might throw you off the top of an obstacle. Anybody been there before, right? Like, I've been hurt by the people who are are doing this thing. And it it makes me apprehensive to ever like face that thing again. Listen, the obstacle is part of the course. Listen to what, what Peter says. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. See, we live in such a comfortable society. We live in such a stroll in the park society uh, that it's really easy to take our comfort of just being an American today. And I know it's a general statement. I get some of our lives are very, very difficult, but in general... We take the ease at which things come, the opportunity that's all around us, and we forget that Jesus said, life's gonna be hard. And that when you live for him, there's going to be challenges and there's going to be pushbacks. In fact, Peter says this, don't think, don't be surprised if something strange were happening to you. You're not running a marathon where it's just like this clean pavement and like you're just going along and all of a sudden there's a fire in the way or there's barbed wire in the way or you have to like swing on a rope. Like that would be weird. You, you, You could be surprised by that. He's like, but this is an obstacle course race. Like you shouldn't be surprised when there's obstacles in your obstacle course race. This is what you signed up for. So don't be surprised. In fact, I, I, I wonder if as, as Peter was, was penning this letter, I wonder if he was remembering back to that, that last supper when, G, when Peter would have been there sitting with Jesus and he heard Jesus say these words, in this world, you will have trouble. You will, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Listen, the course is hard. The course is riddled with obstacles, but we don't have to be afraid of them because the obstacle is a part of the journey. It's a part of the course. It's not to be avoided or to navigate it as comfortably as possible. Friends, it's just a part of the course. Okay, so that's the course. Let's look at the runner for just a moment. There's two things that the runner needs to know. There's two things that the runner needs to know. One, the runner needs to know the cost. Right? Like if you sign up and you think you're on a road race and you end up in the woods, you just might give up. Right? If if you sign up and you think it's a sprint and you find out it's a marathon, you're gonna be bummed. (laughs) You're gonna have a hard time finishing, right? So there's there's an element like, yes, the course is there, but we there's a couple things we need to understand. One we need to know the cost, and second, we need to know who we are. First, look at the cost. This is what Jesus says. I always think it's good when we look at the very words of Jesus. Luke chapter 14. If you got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 14. If you want to write it down in your notes, Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 33. This is what Jesus says well before that. He says, large crowds were, were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, all right, this is verse 26. Jesus turns and he looks at all the crowds. Large crowds coming to him. It says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. What? That's intense, isn't it? Now, when you when Jesus says stuff like this, we need to look at, excuse me, all of his teachings. Jesus tells us to love. That's like the number one thing. So like, what's he doing here? This is hyperbole. In, in other words, this is an exaggerated statement, illustration to make a point. What he's saying is this. All these crowds were coming after him. All these people. And essentially he was saying this, like, listen, I don't think you get it. Unless your love for me is so much higher than any other earthly love that you've ever known. You you can't even start being my disciple. If you don't love me so much higher and so much more than even your closest earthly relationships, in fact, I want you to love me so much that in comparison, the love that you have for your family looks like hate in comparison to the way that you love me. Does that make a little bit more sense? Why? Was he just being a jerk? Was he devaluing family? Not at all. This is why. He said, if you want to follow me, I'm going to go places where you just might have to pick me over your family. He says, I know the course ahead. I know the obstacles that you are facing. He wasn't being a jerk. He was just giving the reality. If you can't run 13 miles, don't sign up for a marathon. That's what he's saying. If you... If you can't love me like this, you're not going to make it to the finish line. So unless your love for me is so unbelievably above your love for anything else in this life, even your dearest, best, closest relationships, don't even bother following me because you won't make it. And he goes on. He says, and whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my my disciple. Remember, he hasn't died on the cross yet. This would have been a very interesting thing to say. Unless you're willing to carry a cross, to sacrifice yourself, you can't be my disciple because you won't make it. It, If yourself is more significant than Jesus at any point, you're not going to have what it takes to get through the obstacles. So what he's saying is, if you're in, make sure you're in. If you're going to follow me, make sure you know what it's going to cost. In fact, he goes on to say this. This is Jesus' word. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. will not you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation, you're not able to finish it. Everyone will see it and will ridicule you saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king when he first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000, if he's not, he'll send a delegation while the others is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Jesus says, do you love me more than your family? If not, you won't make it a finish line. And he points to the cross and he says, are you willing to endure unjust punishment? Man, we love fairness, don't we? I mean, I love fairness, let's be honest. But if we can't handle when, when we're not heard, we can't handle when th- unjust things have been done to us and we begin to lose our faith and question God and, 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 and can't move forward, he's saying, listen, before you, before, before you crawl under that barbed wire to get to that finish line, I, I want you to know what it's going to cost. The runner has to know the cost, but he also has to know who he is. She has to know who she is, right? The runner's got to know the cost, got to know who she is. That, for, that part right there, I get it. That was hard. That's a bummer. That's heavy. But it doesn't stay there. That's what 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14 says, right? I'm going to go back to this. It says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fire ordeals that has come on you to test you as if something stranger happened to you, right? Count the cost, know what's coming, know what you signed up for. You've signed up to follow Jesus anywhere he goes, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. That's interesting. Rejoicing in the sufferings of Christ. It says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. You know, reading this text shortly after running this Spartan race, like here's the deal, Spartan really plays to that whole like tough guy thing, okay? Like big time. So you get to the starting line, and before you, before you like, set out on the race, it's not like a, uh, like a, a marathon or 5K like, kind of thing. It's not like, all right, guys, thanks for coming out. High fives. We'll have OJ and donuts for you at the end. Like, it's not that, okay? It's everybody's in there and tough, right? There's dudes running like with no shirts on. I'm like, you guys are dumb. This is ridiculous, right? They're tough. And you see guys all like, rawr, 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 this whole thing. And then the starter gets on. He's got a microphone. He's like, Spartans! Like really dramatic, like super overhyped, dramatic kind. And he has you repeat these things. And you're repeating and all this stuff. Those who've gone before you and you will conquer and you will. And on will count of three, you will. I I am Spartan! And everybody's, ah! Aru, aru, aru! It's like tough guy thing. I don't know what aru means, but they always shout it. I don't know but what they're doing is significant. I hadn't thought about this before. What they're doing is significant. Weird as it might be, they're speaking the identity of a Spartan over the runners. And so you will face hard things. And even their whole speech, someday you might turn on each other, but right now we're brothers. Close enough. Okay. All right. So almost there, right? Like, Like, but right now, we fight. Right now, you gotta know who you are. You are a Spartan. Everybody yells, I'm a Spartan. What if we saw our Christian faith like that? Listen to what what Peter says. If you suffer for being a Christian... If you go through the obstacles, if you face the fire, if you're doing hard things, do not be ashamed, but praise God that I bear his name. What if being a Christian wasn't synonymous with like petting baby lambs, but standing in the fire? What if when I said I bear his name, sure, I'm not violent, but I'm unmovable. What if when Peter said, when you suffer, remember who you are, what if we took it seriously? Friends, the course is hard. The course is hard. The obstacles are not like variables. They're actually a part Of the process. It's some of the things that God is leading us straight into. The question is, yeah, have we counted the cost, but do I know who I am in Christ? It's not because I'm Sean Swihart. It's because I am a son of God. Spartan is hitting onto something. They speak identity into their runners, and that identity is one of strength and courage. Oh, that the Christian movement, that the Christian family, that the name of Christ would be known for the same things. We bear his name. That's the course. That's the runner. And then we've, we've alluded to this already, but the last thing I want to touch on here really quick at the end is the finish line. This is one of my favorite verses here. I love this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. Do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. I love that. I mean, essentially essentially, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, with the half, latter half of it, my paraphrase, run to win. Run to win. And what's he talking about? He's talking about focus, and he's talking about purpose. Listen, he, he goes on. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They take it seriously. They do it to get a crown or a medal in a t-shirt. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to the crown that will last forever. Therefore, in light of the finish line, in light of what's at stake, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer just beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. Man, that's tough. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. After I have preached to others, I will not be disqualified for the prize. The finish line in the Christian faith is not heaven someday. It's oneness with the Father now and forever. I mean, someday those barriers and the op- some of those physical obstacles that we have because we live in a broken world, those will be removed and that oneness will, will, will be revealed in a, in a way that our tiny little brains can't even fathom right now. But the goal is oneness with God. So let me ask you this question. Are you out for a stroll or do you know where you're going? Some of us, so too many of us in our Christian lives are simply out for a stroll. We're simply just going along. We're, we're, we're hand in hand with our favorite someone and we're, we're going along and we're breathing the fresh air and feeling the warm sun and we're enjoying the time outdoors in our Christian journey. There, there's a, a local, I think it's just a local brand here. You'll see. Some of our friends here wearing their stuff. Uh, it's outdoorsy kind of stuff. It says, the rewards of roaming. I love that phrase for like outdoor adventures kind of stuff. Ah, the journey is like is, is the destination. Cool concept. But it's just not true with a spiritual life. I love it for hiking, not so with a spiritual life. Because it's not just about wandering and seeing where I end up someday. See, we, we see from, from like... All of these scriptures that God has marked a course for us. And there is a course and there is a finish line. And God is calling us to follow Jesus. Listen, I I said this question. I asked that question. Like, are you out for a stroll or do you know where you're going? There's some of you, you're like, "I, I guess I don't really know what that looks like. I don't know where I'm going. Here's this great thing though. Like Jesus does. And he said, follow me. Follow me. So profound, same time, so challenging, and so simple. Jesus comes along, he's like, hey, just come here. And he's going to lead you into some obstacles that you're not going to understand at the time. Just trust him. You're going to find yourself completely submerged under freezing cold water and going, what did I get myself into? But trust me, he knows where he's going. You will find yourself at heights that you, 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 you begin. Off. Anybody afraid of heights? Don't advise a Spartan run. You get real high sometimes. All right, you get to the top. I have a particular friend this one time, was climbing over an A frame, straddled, got one leg over either side. This person may or may not be terrified of heights. I was on one side, another friend was on the other side. I began to give advice. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> Fear frozen. Listen, there's moments where we're going we're gonna to feel like that in our Christian faith. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm so afraid I don't know where to go. Listen, it's in those moments you got to remember, Jesus does know where you're going. Just trust him. Trust him. Here's, here's what I love about this concept in Scripture. Is that the Christian faith is not for the weak, but for the strong. Do we have a course set? Do you know where you're going? Are you out for a stroll? Or do you live this Christian life with purpose? Hey, we're going we're gonna to close here in just a moment. I just, I just want to lean in on one little thing. That kind of wraps up. I want to lean into one little thing. And that's one obstacle that doesn't feel like it's a, it's a weird word to call it an obstacle. And that obstacle is being a witness. I, I touched on it earlier. I, I want you to think about this this just kind of hit me as I was putting my thoughts together this week, is that if, if we say we're followers of Jesus and he's constantly leading us into uncomfortable situations, that's just what he does. If, can you read the gospels in any way other than come to the conclusion that if I'm going to follow Jesus, I will regularly be among unbelievers? And not just be among but being a light among. Friends, I believe one of, the, one of the sneaky, subtle obstacles in the Christian faith for us today is that we, we, we've grown so comfortable with not talking about Jesus or only talking about Jesus with people who believe in Jesus that somehow we think we, we, we can just like bypass this. Okay, Jesus, you go under that water and come out on that side. I'll just meet you on the back end. Jesus is gonna get into the mud with the hurting and the broken people of, in this world. And we have got to be willing to follow where he goes. The course is set. It's not an additive. It's not an extra. It's not a bonus if you follow me, you'll follow me into places where we'll be speaking truth where there is no truth. It won't always be received. Sometimes we're like, well, it's not going to be received. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. That's just hard. That's hard to justify in the word. He called us to be a light in the darkness. Let's follow him wherever he goes. Amen? God, we thank you. We praise you. You, you, This this metaphor that we see, not just in one little spot, but in multiple places through the scripture. God, you've called us to run this course. God, we realize the course is hard, but you've, you've made us into your image. God, you have called us with this identity that we are strong not because of who we are, not because of the work that we've done, but because the work that you've completed on the cross, because of that you've adopted us into your family. God, I'm not strong because of my family name. God, I'm strong because of your family name. So Father, help me keep my eyes on the finish line. Father, help us as your family to keep our eyes on you, one family, on mission, following you wherever you lead us. Into the hard, into the scary, into the dirty, into the messy, into the broken. God, wherever you call, we will go. We're all yours, God. We are all yours. So Father, lead us into truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.